Hey, welcome to this episode of Across the Hall. Today, Tracy and I discuss failure and the fear of failure. We kind of identify why those two are different, how those have impacted our lives. Uh, We also get into how we overcome those and basically how we've we've accepted that, that that's part of the process of growing and kind of get into some just general steps on what it looks like afterwards. So I hope you find this encouraging. It was definitely fun for us to dig in. We even learned a little bit about each other and um, really kind of understand how those things have impacted us. So sit back and enjoy. All right, the recording has started. Everything's official now. Who's going to do the intro? Should we have an intro? Like, how, do we, how are we going to start this thing? That's what I was kind of wondering. Do, are we going to have an, like, I kind of feel like you should record an intro after the discussion. Because then you can actually see, like, where did we actually go? Because I think of an intro as a preview. So you want to have, like, a 15-second, this is what we're covering in today's podcast kind of a thing? Yeah. Oh, all right. You want me to to do those? Uh, Sure. (laughs) Perfect. More work for you. I mean, you could you could obviously start us like we can go your route and we can start off. And and if it works, then it works. You know what I mean? But I like listening to podcasts where they kind of summarize it in the beginning because no, I then, gotcha. then I decide, like, do I actually want to listen to this episode or do I want to skip to the next one? Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. We can do that. All right, cool. We'll do that afterwards then. So as far as actually just starting the conversation, how old were you when you met failure? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, we're, we're trying to approach failure almost like a person like when did you come into contact him with him for the first time is it and a him or is it a, is it a her it's definitely a him no just kidding because <laughs> <laughs> wisdom is a her right that's yeah exactly so failure must be a him must be uh yeah i mean because i i failure in and of itself and then the fear of failure i guess those are because if you if you kind of personify it it's it's a difference between like meeting and then how to deal with that meeting versus I'm worried we'll meet to begin with. You know what I mean? Like I just want to avoid that chance altogether. Yeah, it's the unknown. So before you can come into contact with failure, I think that's what I do all the time. It's, it's not even when I actually come into the thing that I'm afraid of, it's never as bad as how I perceived it to be before that encounter occurs. It's, it's like literally like viewing like a, a show about like the ghetto, you know what I mean? And it's, it's like this dangerous place where there's just violence running rampant. But when you're there, it's like, there's a lot of families just trying to make it. (laughs) Yeah, it's, totally. It's not nearly as bad as everybody said it was. You know, I mean, there's definitely, you know, stuff you have to deal with, but it's not this voracious thing that's just trying to consume you. You know what I mean? Right. 
yeah, I always think of <laughs> Beauty and the Beast um, when the mob is cheering. We don't like what we don't understand. In fact, yeah. it scares us. Too <laughs> uh, so true. Too true. true, Disney. You you nailed it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, and it, and so it's interesting because when it when it comes to failure, like and once again, as we were kind of talking, like we have such a different approach to it. Um, my my interactions with failure like I, I almost hate to admit this but it like derailed a big part of my life altogether i mean like massively and it's taken me probably the better part of 10 to 15 years to really cope with it and i and i don't think i knew that when i was when i was in the midst of it you know what i mean yeah totally i think I think what you're getting at is that you would never experience failure because you were so intelligent, you were gifted at a lot of things, and when you approach something, you nailed it. <laughs> you were successful. And I think the problem that the reason that I struggled with failure and the reason that I was so afraid of it is because I didn't have any examples of people who knew how to deal with failure because you were as we've said, eight years older than me, my older brother, who just is great at everything. And so, and the same thing with our parents, we've had really successful parents. Um, yeah, da- definitely. Da- dad is just a beast. You know, he was Marine. Um, he was a correctional officer. He would work 18 hour days. Like we've, we've joked that he's a machine. He's like, yeah, he's like mythical. Like, <laughs> And the stories, you know what I mean, of like his resolve and ability to overcome, like. And mom is very much the same way. Um, she's a kook. She is like one of the best employees that I've ever seen. In the way that she's able to negotiate the freedom, I've never seen anyone else do it. Like when you had your firstborn, she's like, "I'm just gonna take off work and." hang out with my grandchild or hey, yeah. I, have this, I have this person in my life that I need to take care of. So can you give me time off work? Oh, I need to show up late today. Oh, <laughs> like, well, I mean, even today where she just has like, she's basically negotiated, do what you want. And, uh, we don't mind. And that's been her whole entire career. Um, like even for maternity leave, uh, when I was born, her boss said like take a year and you know experience that part of motherhood and then like your spot is here if you want it back your spot is here it doesn't matter how long or how much time passes which is unheard of um so basically i have these all-star family members and so when i realized hey i'm not all that great at things i'm not naturally gifted in a lot of areas it was like i don't know how to respond because everyone nails it around me but at, at this point, I guess, well, and we can touch back on, on what you were saying, but at this point, do you see that as, that was a like a false narrative that you had constructed in your mind? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you're okay. all very flawed human beings. Yes, extremely <laughs> flawed. No, it's like, I feel like the past maybe five years, I've just been able to see like, I mean, I think it was just the eyes of this little girl and she just saw perfection around her. 
And it's not that I don't think highly of you or mom and dad anymore. I totally do. Totally. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. I, well, I mean, you basically, you've you've discovered the humanity in all of us. And, and I remember, you know, separate conversation, but I remember dealing with that, you know, where the people that you had kind of, um, I don't want to say idolized, I guess idolized is the right word, but just those people that you look up to, whether, you know, in your life or just figures that you've watched. Um, and then when they fall, because inevitably they almost always do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's startling. A, that's a, yeah, it's a hard thing to deal with because it, it really messes with, you know, who who you see. And the, I mean, even for me, there was a there was a pastor that really spoke to me in my heart um, through a diff- very difficult time. I don't know him, but just through his studies. I mean, just really like to where it was like a, a pivotal life moment for me. And then within like six months, he he fell and had to leave the ministry. And I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Like now, now who do I have? You know, it was like, (laughs) it was really, really difficult, but you know, that always, I guess if anything, it it drives us back to the Lord, you know? Oh yeah, totally. He's the only perfect one. And the only one, you know, that you can cling to at all times. He never lets us down. He never fails. He never makes a mistake, which is why we need him. Um, but yeah, I think I think I appreciate you and mom and dad and and all those people that you you idolize more when you actually discover their humanity because because they become a full human instead of this little god that you have in your heart. Mm, yeah, instead of just one dimension. Mhm. Well, and, and it, if anything, I probably at that point, it, it makes the success they do find seem more, because you could almost discount it when it just seems like, like someone's always winning. Like, you know, it's easy for them kind of a thing um, versus versus realizing there is struggle there that's, you know, common to everybody. Because even for me, it's like, I I was pretty good at, at a lot of things that I did, you know, when I was younger, but I also never pushed myself in areas that I wasn't good. And, and that's what I didn't realize. Yeah, you didn't know that. Like like I don't draw because I suck at drawing and I don't even try. I really don't I've I've literally tried a couple times in my life and each time I'm just like, Yeah, I still suck, so I'm gonna just not do that. Um and I don't know if, if that was a in my younger years, I don't know if that was a conscious effort of like, hey, I may not be good at this, so I don't want to do it. I think I I just enjoyed success so much that that's what I went after. So when I when I tried something and I found that success, then I just went all in. You, you know what I mean? Because I, I wanted to build on that, basically. And so for me, when it came to... to like, I didn't even know failure was a thing to fear. Like, I, I remember, okay, so let me give you context. When we were in high school, I was in, in AVID, right? Which was like the, I don't even remember what it stands. Oh, Advancement Via Individual Determination. I think that's what that stands for. We call it Minority Club, but whatever. <laughs> um, we would have these, like, daily prompts. Like, they'd have a little thing on the board, take 10 minutes, write, you know, a little journal kind of entry thing to reflect and I remember reading one that was like, success is defined as getting up one more time than you fall down. And and for whatever reason, this is always stuck in my head, but I remember reading that that day and thinking, no, success is just not falling. Like, who, you know, 
Nobody yeah. wants someone that's fallen down all the time. But that was like I really believed that, and it was completely misguided. But I I really really thought that was possible. And um, I think in a lot of areas of life, I just truly thought you could just always be on top without ever missing the mark. And so when I did, it it like collapsed my whole world. Like, and it, even to my own like self-worth, like it made me almost question like, have I been a fraud this whole time? Like, was this a sham? Like, and so it was really hard to deal with. I think if I'm, if I'm really digging deep into my own story too, I think that Christianity hindered me in that regard as well because I mean again I'm we were raised in a Christian home so I think I struggled with that because of that point in that you're taught like Jesus is who you're supposed to be like but like I just said Jesus is perfect it's like a constant reminder of how, (laughs) how terrible you are But here's the thing is like, as I was pursuing that idea, I also became conscious that I need to hide all of my flaws. I need to hide that I'm weak. I need to hide that I struggle because that's what we're all trying to do, which again is a very flawed way of thinking because it's not that we're supposed to hide those things. It's that we're supposed to go to God with those things. And I think that that's kind of where the church gets it it wrong. And I'm including myself in the church is that um, when like say you struggle with a sin, it's very hard to humble yourself and even ask like, Hey, I need accountability in this area or Hey, I'm tempted in this way because if you're holy, you shouldn't be tempted. I mean, that's the lie. Yeah. That's, that's the mentality of, of like, like a transcendence. Right. But I, I think we, we, you know, talking about our faith, like we forget that doesn't happen until you're redeemed in heaven up, up until then we're, we're always just hoping to not fail constantly. <laughs> Yes. Every second of every day, it's like, oh, dang, can't I just have one day where I nail it? <laughs> yeah. Like you ever, I remember thinking when I was younger, like, man, I don't, I, like today was good. I don't, I don't think I sinned today. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, it's probably doing it right now being prideful. Like, yeah, but it's, it's so true. Cause and, and maybe that's part of it. Like, cause as you were saying that I'm thinking of like our pastors, like you don't ever think that they argue with their wife or that they get ticked off with their kids or, you know, they, whatever, you know, really like super common stuff that like mm-hmm. with other people in the church, you're like, Oh, that happens all the time. But you know, when people talk about, dare I say like Chuck Smith, I mean, great Bible teacher, but obviously he wasn't perfect. Now I don't know what his imperfections were, but they were there. You, you know what I mean? And I guess and, I'm, uh, I'm trying to say that I have the same viewpoint as you with that prompt from Avid is that I equated success with perfection. You just thought you couldn't do it. Right. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, but I mean, I thought that they were synonymous. I thought that success meant you never fall, you never mess up. And so your, your take was, I can't ever get there. And I guess the difference there being that my take was like, 
I, I, I won't ever fall. Like exactly. My take crazy. is I'm on the ground laying flat on my face <laughs> permanently, and yours is you know you're flying in the sky and you're never gonna come to the ground almost. Yeah. Well, and and it's funny because so you know when I went to college, you know when getting into RIT, I don't. According to you know, was that USA Today or US Weekly News? You know, they ranked the schools. Yeah, I think at the time it was like a top five or top six school or whatever for engineering, and it was in the engineering world, like it was like a big deal. And so, I, same thing, I was like feeling really good about myself, and you know, whatever, like oh, I'm gonna you know crush this. But it was it was so rigorous, so that when I when I struggled, I remember that being. The first time, and I was dealing with a lot of stuff, having moved to New York and and just being alone for the first time, like it was really poorly thought out. But having that was the first time I ever remember like questioning myself, like my worth, um, and and probably dipping into a bit of depression. I don't think I w- I knew to classify it as that because that's such a taboo word, especially like in Christianity. But I, but I felt that. So I remember one day like going, cause they had like student counseling services. And so I remember going to like the counselor, like, Hey, you know, been kind of struggling a bit. And I remember they, they immediately went to like questions of like, are you thinking about suicide? But I don't want to say suicide. So I'm going to ask it like really roundabout ways. And, and I almost laughed at that. Cause it was like, no, 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 no. I have Jesus. I'm good. I'm not worried about that. I'm just, I don't know how to deal with feeling like I suck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And so they were wanting to get like crazy deep and maybe I needed to, but I, I just, I was like, I'm not, I'm not that far gone, but I'm just trying to figure out what does this mean? Like I, I am not doing well. Like, and I, it just made me feel like I was broken, you know? And then that just carried on. I think that then created a fear of failure. Cause, cause now I knew it could happen. Mm-hmm. And, and so now it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, Let's let's not do that again. And so it, it just stalled things out altogether. So would you classify like what do you classify as your first failure? Or big failure? Obviously we fail all the time, but Yeah, I, I mean my that- big one it would be college. I mean I don't know if I ever told you I, I have my transcripts from RIT. My my final GPA was point oh seven. Cause I think I got one D that that's, was it. That's crazy. Right. I mean, it was just abysmal and it was, and I think what made it so much harder to swallow was like, I had, I had been given this academic scholarship. I had, um, even my first semester, I sucked it up and the Dean of my college or one of my professors took me to the Dean of my college and was like, this is, he's so talented. Give him another chance. Like, he's we're gonna get behind him and and so i could see people saw the potential but like i didn't know how to deliver on it because i I didn't know how to work and and so that happened so that was the first quarter that happened second quarter we had the same conversation and they let me stay and then the third quarter same thing and even after all that they were like all right we'll just start over again next year and then that was when i broke my ankle and then life just took another turn but 
I think even that having people be like, no, no, he's going to make it. He's going to, he's going to do it and getting those chances and then failing over and over again that whole year. Like it, it just created this feeling of like, you can't do it. This is, this is beyond you. And it was the first time I really had hit something. And it's, and it's because I never changed my approach because I didn't know how to, but I, I, it really, for the first time made me feel like this is impossible. And and that idea of impossible came up. Yeah. And I think for myself, how I, my relationship with failure was to avoid it at all costs. And so I remember in middle school, one of my best friends really wanted to try out for the basketball team. And so I went with her to the tryout just as moral support. I had no <laughs> desire I've, to. I've seen you play basketball, so I know. <laughs> but I will tell you that day of tryouts, it probably because I had no like stake in the game. I, I was every <laughs> basketball. It went in the net every single time. Really? And yeah, it was cuckoo crazy. Anyway, That's so. Funny. So I had made a bet with dad. I bet him that I wouldn't make the team. And I think now looking back, like I was already preparing myself to be let down. And it's like, I'll win money if I don't make the team. So um, that's how I protected myself. Um, But I ended up making the team. But I didn't go to a single practice because in my mind, it was like dumb luck. Like for whatever reason... (laughs) Uh, you, you just dismissed their total evaluation of your ability. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they got it wrong. I mean, <laughs> wow, what you just saw was a miracle. and um, It'll never happen again. It'll never happen again. So I didn't show up to any of the practices. And then, Did your friend make it? No, she didn't. Uh, I, the irony of the whole situation. Oh, wow. And then you uh, threw it all away. <laughs> I threw it all away. And then during lunch, one of the girls on my basketball team came up to me and she's like, hey, I just wanted to know that you're not on the team anymore. Um, and I was like, I figured, I mean, that's what happens when you don't show up to practice. But I was thinking about that today and just how you had people advocating for you, people that said, you know, you can do better. You can succeed in this area. It kind of, it made me think, like, how come a coach didn't reach out to me and ask, why aren't you coming to practice? And yeah, that's I, weird. And I think that had I even had one conversation, I think that we could have turned it around that day. Do you th- so I have two questions for you on that. One, did you did you feel relief when your teammate was like, you're not on the team anymore. Like, did that, did that free you from like, or like finalize, like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Yeah. I think that on one hand it was kind of like, I was in control of, it oh, was you my, you couldn't get cut. It was your choice. It was my choice. Yes. You couldn't be a bench warmer because they determined that you you know, you controlled your own withdrawal, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then question number two, because you're mentioning, you know, why didn't a coach reach out, which as a coach, that's super weird, but whatever. Um, for, for anybody listening, our mom is the biggest cheerleader 
in the entire world. I mean, she really, like, constantly reestablished that we, we could accomplish anything that we wanted to work on. And um, do you think, had somebody outside of mom, a coach or a teacher or a youth pastor or just just some external mentor type had they instilled in you or reinforced in you that you were capable do you think that would have changed anything hey i'm so sorry we're gonna leave you on a cliffhanger well not really that's the only way we can make sure you come back next week we will finish this conversation discussing failure our fears of failure and i think uh where we've grown in that area so i hope this has promoted some conversation internally maybe conversation you have with friends or family and uh, of course we wish you guys the best and uh, look forward to catching you guys as we wrap this up have a great week if you need anything shoot us an email ramirez.podcast at gmail.com peace